G'day Groovy Humans and welcome to A Groovy Enlightened Life. Today on the show we have Suzanne Kohlberg who shares her weight loss journey with us and also we delve into her diverse career path that she's had in her lifetime so far to date. Now while today's episode focuses a lot on weight loss and that journey and the inner mindset and the battles that people go through, there are a lot of concepts and practical tips that we talk about today that can help shift and move you if you are putting your life on hold for any reason, and it doesn't have to be about weight and weight loss. We also delve into the world of self-acceptance and how it's so vitally important to accept yourself at this moment in any point in time, right now today, to help you live in alignment to your true self. I hope you enjoy the episode today, so sit back, relax, grab a cuppa, and let's get cracking. Today on the show, we have Suzanne Kohlberg. Welcome to the show, Suzanne. Thank you. So let's get started. If you could just share a little bit about yourself and what you do in the world. Uh, so my name's Suzanne. You just said that. <laughs> and I currently help women um, to lose weight. And then I even crunch when I say lose weight because what comes to my head is the whole diet and exercise thing. But um, women who are done with that <laughs> yeah, yeah. and want to see what's really going on, um, work on their mindset, things like why they eat when they're not hungry, why they turn to food for comfort or for joy or to avoid doing the stuff we're supposed to be doing, which I'm laughing at because I'm currently moving house. Um, <laughs> and, and like what the mindset stuff of, of food um, rather than the traditional calories in, calories out model. Yeah, okay, cool. And I assume you have your own story or journey around weight loss. Would you mind sharing that today? <laughs> How long have you got? Uh, in a nutshell, <laughs> in a nutshell, um, I, I come from a family of dieters. My mum put me on my first diet when I was four to fit in the flower girl dress for my sister's wedding. I love my mum to bits. And if you ever listen to any of my interviews, mum, I'm not saying I don't love you, but being a mother of my own child now, I think I would just pay a seams just to take the dress out. It would have been a lot less stressful, but if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be where I am today. So, you know, yeah, it's been an integral part of my journey. Um, so yeah, I learned a lot about how to lose weight and then how to gain it. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, we dieted all the way till I left home at 18. Then I threw it out the window and I got really, really, really big. Like I was always bigger, like, you know, um, so when I was oh, about, how old would I have been? Anyway, in 2006, seven, I dropped 43 kilos. Um, and I was like, I found the answer. It's exercise. <laughs> so I became a personal trainer. I thought I'd save the oh, world. Wow, okay. you know? yep. um, within a week I had 77 clients. I was fully booked out because everybody had seen me lose the weight and then didn't look after myself at all because over deliverer gained that all back with interest. <laughs> <laughs> In 2011 and 12, I then lost 60 kilos. Um, then I fell pregnant. Like, it's my own fault. I won't blame my daughter. It was me. <laughs> but um, I gained all of that back. And then I went on to have my son. I didn't drop any weight between them. And then, so in 2015, I was 150 kilos. And I was like, I cannot deprive, suffer through another diet, a kale, a shake, anything gross ever again. <laughs> I just have to, like, there must be another way. When I started looking into the mindset stuff and I just got to a place where I was like, I'd rather be fat forever than do this to myself. Um, and from that place, looking into like self-love and self-worth and, and what I was really hungry for, which wasn't food, 
um, managed to, over three years, so it doesn't happen like the magazines say in a very short period of time, um, drop 78 kilograms and I've maintained that now for 18 months. Yeah, wow. So what did you find was, I guess, that real tipping point to make you realize, hey, I've got to do something different. This dieting is not working. The kale smoothies aren't working. What do I need to do different? Uh, I get asked this a lot and I have varying answers. And I think, first off, there's not one thing. Like a lot of us, when we're big, we're waiting for that one thing, that moment, that straw that breaks the camel's back, you know. And there was lots of little things that were kind of like, you know, sitting on an ant's nest and you're being stung and that's not enough for you to move and that's not enough for you to move. And eventually you just realise you've been bitten all over and you've got to get up and go, you know. (laughs) So um, medically, um, I have an injury from my personal training days um, because I'm a bit of an overdoer, you know, and I injured my back. And the more weight that I got on, it it was really um, challenging for, for your body physically um and anyway I was looking at having to need spinal fusion surgery so I went to the to see the neurosurgeon like this was like the final like you got to do something woman and he said yes I can do this it's a tricky procedure um at any time especially at your size like actually of all the medical people I've seen he was the best in terms of not fat shaming not belittling just speaking of it matter-of-factly but kindly you know um and he's like if you lose weight, there's a 50% chance that you won't need the surgery. So I was like, Ooh, 50%, that's pretty sweet. But also, um, it, it, even if we do, it's a lot safer because you're not as big to be under for so long and all that sort of stuff. So anyway, that was kind of like the catalyst to be like, okay, stop faffing around and <laughs> and actually commit to, to doing this because I've kind of, you know, been playing with it. And the other thing was, I had two very young children. They're still very young, but um, I didn't want to create for them the lifestyle I had. I didn't want them to see we throw everything out on Sunday and we start our diet. And then by Thursday, we give up and we eat everything. And like my daughter was two at the time. And even at two, you could see that she was copying my behaviors. Like I might Mm -hmm. say stuff, but they children do what we do, not what we tell them to do. So um, I, I just, I didn't want that lifestyle for them. So that was a big factor as well. Yeah. Okay. And did you find like stepping into that space was a lot easier because there was some of that reasoning behind it? Or did you sort of go backwards and forwards a little bit? I went backwards and forwards a a, a lot. Like um, I must admit when, when I was pregnant with my son, um, that was the decision. So I was never going to diet again. I just knew I couldn't, I couldn't do this. I was waiting for, I had a cesarean. I was waiting for them to put the spinal in. And you know, you're in that little room. I don't know if you've had that outside the theater, and you can hear them talking and they're like, oh, she's so big. There'll be inguinal hernias all around. And how are we going to lift her from one bed to the other? And I'm like, I might be fat, but I'm not deaf. Do you wow. know what I mean? And wow. they're thinking horrified, like, what happens if they drop me and, and all this sort of stuff. And then I was like planning this diet, you know, as a past dieter does. So I'm going to do this. And I'm like, I'm really heavily pregnant. I'm about to deliver my baby. And I'm thinking about how I'm going to not eat. I just was like, what, what are you doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of like no dieting right there, you know? Yeah. And then, so it was between that, he was born in 2015. So it was probably a good six to eight months of eh, 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 you know, like kind of starting, kind of stopping, kind of looking at it is too freaking me out, you know, before I was like really owning the space. And I think there's a real power in when you believe something, 
you you see evidence of it, you know, and like people say, oh, I got this new car and now I see them everywhere. Yeah. Because you activate the reticular activating system to see That's that it. car everywhere. Yeah. So when I was like really like owning this decision and that was with the, the surgery facing, it just got easier and all these opportunities and all these books and things I'd seen before that didn't really make sense. And I visited them again. And I was like, oh, wow, this person's amazing. You know? <laughs> so it's like, it's so funny. And, and now in the work that I do, it's really hard to capture that with people because it's like, what I tell you today might not be what I tell you a month from now, but that mm. doesn't mean that I'm out of integrity or a hypocrite. It's just with new insights comes, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess with all your experience, you know, dieting from age four and, and everything that you've experienced, was it the next logical step that you wanted to step in to help other people? Well, it was interesting you should say that. So I had a, <laughs> my career, okay. <laughs> Originally, I went to medical school. I was going to be a doctor. <laughs> there you go. Um, and my family was very proud of that. And I've left 12 years ago and they still ask me when are you going to go back when are you going to finish last year when are you going to give up your little hobby Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um because that's something that's mainstream and recognized and western you know yeah yeah and so I, I did that and then I became a personal trainer so I left the medical school to become a personal trainer which people in the moment thought was crazy but anyway I um I enjoyed being a personal trainer but I also realized it wasn't really the answer so then I did my first interstate move and it's funny on the eve, I'm about to move interstate again next week. So on the eve of another one, now my fourth. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I moved interstate and then I thought, mm, I'll become a teacher. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I did that for six months and I decided I didn't want to be a teacher. Okay. Um, and then what did I do after that? Oh, I started working at a government job um, just for the Department of Human Services. And I did that for a number of years. But once I had my children, we'd then moved again, again, because as I said, move mm -hmm. around a lot. It was yep. over an hour's drive and my husband was driving, drive out, fly in, fly out. So it was just me with two really young kids um, and getting them up to daycare by 6.30 to drive. You know, it was just ridiculous. So I was like, I can't do this. Um, so I actually originally became like an executive assistant doing all the behind the scenes stuff for um, an entrepreneur who I'd done some sessions with. And that was kind of cool. And then I was like, hmm. Maybe I could help people with weight loss. And then I was like, I'm 150 kilos. So I had the idea when I was still at my full weight and I was like, I can't. Like this, how out of integrity, like I'll help you lose weight, but I'm still really big. Yeah. So I kind of like did the coach training. I did trained in NLP. Um, I trained in some other modalities while I was dropping the weight. Um, and then when I dropped 50 kilos myself, I started to kind of like open the doors, so to speak. You know? yeah, yeah. 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 That's amazing. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> no, nobody does. That's, a, that's an amazing <laughs> journey. And I, I think, yeah, thank you for sharing it because I think that can relate to a lot of people when they're trying to find that thing that aligns to them, what lights them up or what they can do and bring to the world. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not just as simple as, ah, oh, I've had an epiphany. This is the thing I'm going to do right now. I've had so many, this is the thing. And it's funny um, for my weight journey, I started and have since paused, I might go back to it. it's quite confronting writing the memoir mm. and like of, of all my diets and my weights ups and downs and all this sort of stuff. And looking back on it, I'm like, oh my God, every single time, this is the thing, you know, <laughs> until it's not. Until it's not. <laughs> so, yes. And did you find, uh, let's just explore that a little bit more. Did you actually find there was something that prompted you internally or externally 
that made you shift from those different jobs? Like what sort of triggered you to go, you know what, there's something else I need? Well, originally I went to medical school because, I'm going to be fully honest here, because I was smart and I paid a lot of money and I didn't have a very um, wealthy kind of childhood. So I wanted a job that paid a lot of money. Yeah, that's fair (laughs) enough. So I went along to that and and I knew in second year I didn't like it. Like, um, and I knew that I wanted to have a family and I'm not saying you can't, like to all the people who are doctors who have families, wonderful, you're awesome. But like, when you graduate as a doctor, you're a doctor of nothing. You've got to do an intern year, a residency, a registrar training, consultant training. So there's, you know, usually a minimum of 10 years on top of your actual degree yeah. until you're like the top of your field, so to speak. And that's without time off for kids and that sort of stuff. And also when your job finishes, you don't go home and put your feet up and watch Netflix. You read journals, you publish, you have to keep up to date on current trends. And I was like, I'm just too lazy for this. I yep. just want to, <laughs> I want to work when I'm work. I want to home when I'm home you know but I hadn't realized that yet yet so that's why I went into teaching and teaching was a very similar thing in that you the the hours were great I was like this is sweet (laughs) you know nine till three but then it was like the lesson planning and the marking and and up to date with and also I wanted to be a science teacher because I've got a strong science background and the big thing for literacy and numeracy I'm like I don't want to teach people how to spell I want to teach them how to use Bunsen burners do you know what I mean (laughs) so there was like a big I was like, oh, this, is, this isn't for me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when I got the Department of Human Services job, I loved it because I could help people nine to five. And then I went home, I was totally able to do whatever I wanted, you know? So I really did like that. And um, a boundary thing to leave it at the door. Like it can be quite stressful. There's a lot of people who had issues, but like I helped them in the bounds of that time. And then after that, I'm my own person. Um, coming into coaching, it's funny because that's another thing too. You can be like having a shower and have an insight about a client. You're like, hang on, no, this is not, you know. Um, so yeah, I really did enjoy that aspect. And I think that's something with my personality. I need to be able to not compartmentalize as you don't deal, but like, this is when I'm on and this is when I'm off and not bringing work home. I I don't Mm. believe in that. And and my husband is an engineer and that's something as well. It's like wherever job he takes when he's there, he's hundred percent there, but when he's home, we have our family time. I don't care if the place is falling down or on fire. Do you know what I mean? That's someone else's problem unless he's on call or whatever, Yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So I think, you know, with a lot of us uh, in, in the entrepreneurial world too, and, and with the connection of mobiles and stuff, it can be hard to like have this pure family or even alone. I'm very introverted to so alone time. Like don't call mm. me unless you've texted to make a time. Like I don't, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, yeah, in, in my work, I think what, what drew me into this was that I could be my own boss, but sometimes the downside of that is because you don't have that structure set, you can kind of be like, oh, I'll do it later. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, taking the bits I like from work and bringing them into what I do now. Yeah, that's it. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. No worries. So let's, let's get into some of this weight loss journey and, and the stuff that you help others with. So what excuses, fears, blocks, limiting beliefs uh, do you find people come up with about losing weight? It's, I, I like to call them like layers. This is a model I'm working on at the moment. So there's like the surface layers, like when people say, oh, you know, I'm bored or I'm tired or whatever. And it's, it depends. You obviously have to have rapport with the person. But like sometimes it's a, do you need a change of pump track? Do you need a new snack? Like, do you need that kind of thing? And sometimes it can be that, but sometimes this boredom and stuff is really a smokescreen for what's really going on. So a lot of people, myself included, think when I lose weight, 
then I'll be happy. Mm, yeah. <laughs> when I lose weight, then I'll be confident, you know. Yeah. When you lose weight, you know, the hard truth is for most of us, you're still you, you just take up less space, <laughs> you know, and you're like, where's my confidence? Where's my happiness? Yeah. You don't logically get this, you know. Yeah. You're just like, oh, okay, I must need to lose more weight. So you push mm. the goalposts back. And then when you've lost the weight and get to the point where there's no more weight to lose, it goes, I need to get toned. <laughs> you know? yep. So then you just do more. And the answer mm. isn't doing more. And because what happens is you do more and more. And this is what happened when I lost the 40 and the 60 kilos in the past. I was at the gym two hours a day, twice a day. It's four hours of working out. It becomes unsustainable. You're not happy. You're not confident. You gain the weight back. And then you look back at these photos and you're like, oh, if only I was as skinny as when I still thought I was fat. You know, because the truth is the weight didn't give you the thing that you really wanted. And then and then people say to me, but Suzanne, you're going to say, just be happy now. Just be confident now. I don't want to hear that. You know? yeah. So it's like, what would happy people do? What would confident people do? Doesn't mean you quit your job, move into state and do crazy ass shit. Like, oh, is there a swearing aloud? It's, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> okay. Like I have, like, you know, you don't have to do these big things, but it's like, if you want to do Facebook live videos and you're too shy and introverted to turn up to a call or anything, like enroll in a program, like find a safe space and start to do it in a really small way. You don't have to be flamboyant. You just have to start. And I think a lot of the people, well, the people I work with, the big things that they really want is the happiness and the confidence and and the other thing too is if you're overweight you can blame a lot on your weight you can be like I didn't get that job because I'm fat she doesn't like me because I'm fat when you don't have the weight anymore it's like oh crap it's because of me <laughs> you know? and that's really confronting and nobody yeah. talks about that you know? yeah yeah absolutely and so let's talk about that <laughs> so being confronting do you find that um you know like like you just said could it be a loss of identity, you know, that if people lose the weight, all of a sudden they're not who they thought they were anymore? Do you, do you find that that's, that's the case? The identity and weight link is incredible and it's very hard to explain. And you, you have the assumptions, especially when you buy the magazines and see the before and afters, that, you know, it's kind of the rags to riches. It's from drab to fab. Huh, there we go. Oh, I like there we that. go. You know, hashtag. Drab hashtag. to fab. So you're like, well, where's my fab? and then and then other people as well-meaning as they are go you look amazing you must feel this and you must feel that and you you kind of like they don't want to hear no a because you burst their bubble and b um because it's like the poor little rich girl poor little skinny girl nobody cares (laughs) so it's like and you'll find friendships fall away family dynamic changes if you've been the fat friend if you've been the fat sister people will feel judged and people and 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 no matter how well-meaning you are or how you try not to like born again skinny people can be kind of like born again ex-smokers or overly overtly religious like they have the well intentions but they're just Uh, annoying do you know what I mean it's like (laughs) no we can't go to the movies we have to go power walk or come join me for pump it's like I would rather stick my head in toilet do you know what I mean (laughs) but even if you don't do that like if I go to the movies with my girlfriends and I was like we still go to the movies I choose not to eat popcorn and coke they feel judged because they are haven't said a word do you know what I mean? Mm. So you, you people feel that you're going people feel that you're going to look in their trolley and go, oh, should you really be eating that? And then people mm. say that to you too. 
Like I eat stuff. Oh, Suzanne, you shouldn't be eating that. Aren't you worried you're gonna get fat again? I was <gasps> like, oh, do you know? And then it's it's incredible the, the the way it goes both ways. And it's just like on the assumptions. Like I've said before, kale tastes like I'd rather be fat. Seriously. <laughs> And I did a post in a group with a picture of kale and all the people were telling me different ways to have it. And I'm just like, I hate it. What part of, I don't like this. <laughs> Can you not understand? <laughs> you know? So it's like, obviously you do change. Um, so there is that and you will get new groups of friends and, and that, but, but feeling like you've leave people behind or, or feeling like people feel judged just by you being you is really uncomfortable and really hard to to navigate Mm. and I think you know you explore that mindset stuff a fair bit with people and do you find that you know you find other reasons why people are holding on to their weight as opposed like they could be going to the gym they could be doing all the diets but the weight is not coming off and there's actually some more of mindset or emotional reasons that the weight is still there there's stress is a big thing because if you know there's that whole fight flight and freeze versus rest and digest so if your body is stressed and you've got a cascade of cortisol and all that down regulated leptin and ghrelin and all these hormones going crazy it doesn't matter what you do do you know what i mean yeah um and people just don't get that um and then there's people who like everybody's body is different. I am a, a heavier set kind of person. I have an endomorph body type, which means I have a lot of muscle. In the past, when I tried to lose weight, when you get to that last 10 kilos or so, everyone says, do more cardio. For a big heavy set body type, cardio is worse. Like we don't want to release weight. So what's actually better for us is like the, the, the weights. And then people be like, oh my God, I don't want to look like Arnie, you know. But like it's it's working out what works for your body and listening to your body. Like I used to always get up early, like an exercise at 5 or 6 a.m. because it's out of the way for the day and all this sort of stuff. And when I started learning about the endomorph, the ectomorph, the mesomorph, endomorph bodies actually do better exercising in the afternoon. And that one simple switch, um, I'd kind of not really, I never really plateaued, but it slowed down. Um, I dropped two kilos in the first week and I could lift twice as much weight in the evening I can in the morning. Um, so I actually sleep later now. Like I don't force myself to get up. Yep. So it's like all these things, it's like actually listening to your body and not the society or not the things saying, you know, you have to have meal snack, meal snack, meal snack, or you have to have 1200 calories or you have to, you know, like <laughs> nobody knows your body better than you. Like I'll put in a caveat if you've got a medical condition or something like that. Like don't just go, you know, Suzanne said, and she's dropped so many kilos. Like mm. if you have diabetes or things like that that need to be managed, obviously do that. But like don't just go because someone else said, and that's a, that's the a thing I find hard coaching in weight. People come to me because they're like, what did you do? I want to do exactly that. Mm. You don't have the same body as me. You could do exactly what I did and have a terrible like thing because you're more of an ectomorph and you need to move more frequently or you're more of a mesomorph and you need to eat more often, do you know? Yeah. Um, so it's like really getting back into listening to your body and, and what it needs and, and meeting that and sometimes and knowing the difference between I'm tired and I need a true rest and I'm using it as an excuse because I can't be asked. Do you yeah. know? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, when you get into that place of understanding your body type and what's good for you and what works for you, you know, you can, you can accept that and go, Hey, this is me. And it's okay for me to do these things at these times or eat these foods or do this type of exercise instead of comparing to everybody else. 
Yes, because my husband has a very um, ectomorph body type. So he gets up early, goes to bed early, eats very often, moves a lot. I go to bed late. I get up late. I don't move a lot, but heavy, you know, and, and everyone's like, well, how do you manage that? I don't cook different food for my husband and my kids and me, but like they will have more carbs in theirs or they will have a bigger portion or something like that. But I don't believe in like, I'm going to put my life on hold. I'm going to have this shakes for six months until I've dropped the weight. Because how you drop the weight is how you'll maintain it. So if you're doing something like that, just be mindful when you stop, your weight loss will stop too. Do you know? Yeah. When you say it like that, it makes so much sense. But in the marketing and the hype and the desperation, I've just got to do something. It becomes so easy to go, well, I'm just going to do this. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess what, did, what advice do you have for people who are like putting their life on hold, waiting for that weight to drop off? Yes. Well, it's, it's look at what you want to do and how can you start to give that to yourself now? And, and don't take it in a sarcastic way. Like right now, if I'm like, what do I really want to do? I want to go to the Bahamas. (laughs) (laughs) I want to sit on a beach and I want to do nothing, you know, for a month. And it's like, well, I can't do that. But what can I do after this call? I've got some free time. I'm going to have a cup of tea. I'm going to read a book. I'm just going to have that introvert time that I need. It's not always putting yourself off because when you put everything on hold, you know, till the kids are at school, till it's school holidays, till, you know, I've moved house, till I've got my 2.3 kids, till you're always going to be waiting because you're always putting it off. And like when I was 150 kilos, it was really easy to say, well, I can't do CrossFit and I can't do this and I can't do that. Yeah, but there's things you could do. So like I started literally with walking in the pool because I had a really bad back. Couldn't even walk on the street, couldn't roll over, couldn't do a flight of stairs. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So yeah, there's things that you can do. So don't focus on what you can't do because the more you look at what you can't, then you're just attracting more of that and you just feel crap, you know? Yeah, so it's like, okay, this is what I want to do one day. And you might actually find as you get close to that, like I did CrossFit before in my other two weight loss attempts, so I gained it back. This time I was like, I don't actually enjoy it. I only mm. did it because it was a calorie, feel the burn. You can do I it. I can't That's stand it. it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then it's like, so what did I do? So people say to me, oh, you can't lose weight without running or you can't lose weight without this. And I'm like, I dropped 78 kilos. I did no CrossFit. I did no running. You know, I did what I liked. So I walked in the pool. Then I swam and did water aerobics. And I did yoga. My yoga was excellent for my back. I did pump and spin because I'm totally uncoordinated. But then I realized I didn't like spin this time. So I didn't keep doing it. Eventually did pole dancing, really good for strength. Wow. Not very coordinated and I can't really do it that good, but I had a great time. Exactly. And what I love about things like that is at the end, you're like class is over and you feel like you've been there for five minutes. Whereas CrossFit, I feel like I was looking at the clock and I was like, man, we're still in the warm up. I just want to die. (laughs) You know? So it's like do what you enjoy and do what you can and, and the things that you do want to do that you can't yet do. Don't berate yourself or be like, oh, I can't do it yet. What can you do with where you are now? It's it's with anything. It's like with business and stuff. It's like, oh, if I can't be Oprah, I'm not going to start a business. (laughs) If I can't be on Sunrise, I'm not going to, you know, but what can you do? Um, The baby steps to get the momentum and then then be open to, I suppose, this is the biggest piece of advice, what you think you'll want versus what you do want because once you don't have the weight anymore, you might be like, you know, when you're big, like really big, you can't do stuff. Suzanne, do you want to go on the roller coaster? No, I can't. Do you know what I mean? And now mm. it's like, no, I don't want to. And I found that a lot more harder, especially because I'm kind of a, a follower type person. I don't like to say no to be like, 
no, actually, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and, and be open to it not being the way you think it will be. Like, as I said, like you, people will say to you, oh, you have to do running or you can't lose weight. And you're like, oh, I don't want to run. Well, according to who that you have to run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, find that thing that lights you up, makes you happy and, and does what's good for you. And that could be half the battle. Yes, and make it fun. Like pole dancing, mm. I must admit, I thought there was so much... Um, there's what you think it will be versus when you go the people are supportive uh, everyone's body positive um there's a lady who's just done it on tv i don't watch it but some australia's got talent um yeah like it's just amazing and you know find the people who will support you as you are not the people who are like you have to do it this kale smoothie way or there's no point because then you just feel like if it doesn't align to where you want to be you won't do it mm. you know <laughs> absolutely so at A Groovy Enlightened Life, we, we talk a lot about living in alignment to our true selves. How do you see this showing up with your clients and their weight loss journey? Oh, it's, it's, it's amazing living in alignment with your true self. I like that because there's the, I think for me and, and for my clients, there's the us that we're told, the good girl, get the degree, get the safe job. I have to laugh about the safe job because I was talking to you before we started recording it. My husband has a very safe job, but we're moving again because <laughs> of another redundancy, but I digress. <laughs> but it's in alignment, you know, in what you want to do and be open to that not being what you've been conditioned for it to be. Do you know what I mean? And and that is really challenging and confronting, especially because you can feel quite alone in, if you've been brought up with a, a family that has a particular set of views and way of doing things. And you're like, well, actually, I want to do this. Um, find the people and you don't need to we are so blessed to have technology podcast recordings stuff like this you don't have to know either of us in person you, know? <laughs> yep. you can listen to the podcast you can follow the newsletters you can get all this information online and for the people who really align to do their courses um, yeah the, they say you're the average of the five people you sur- surround yourself with doesn't need to be physically because for me right now that'd be a four and a six-year-old you know? <laughs> but like feed your mind and and open and learn online with the resources that you have rather than be like oh well I don't live in Australia or I don't you know have a pole dancing studio down the road um but what what do you have and just be open to exploring Mm. and you believe there's a a big um, part of it is accepting yourself right now as you are oh yes most definitely because if you don't accept yourself as you are right now and that's really hard pill to swallow when you're big how, how do you think you'll accept yourself when you get there? Especially for anyone listening, if you've dropped weight before and you haven't been happy and you're now looking back at those photos going, if only I was as skinny as when I thought I was fat, it's because you didn't accept yourself. And it, it, it can be hard. It can be really hard because it's like we, we're conditioned that if we accept something, we'll lose our, um, our onus to want to change it. I, I call crap on that because mm-hmm. like if you, um, if you look at, say, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example. Usually I'm good with the with the metaphors, but something's not coming to me at the moment. But like if I, I think you're more likely to want to change something that you love rather than something that you hate. So if you're like, oh, you're fat and lazy and all the self-talk, I'm just there's so many things I could say and I have to be careful. I'm not mean to be judgmental. This is the way I talk to myself in the past. Yeah. Why would you want to do that? It's like, oh, I don't like I don't like the way you speak to me. So I'm gonna go and eat chips and watch Netflix, you know? Yeah. But if you're like, hey, you're doing a great job, you're trying really hard and you walked an extra street block or you did an extra lap in the pool or like good you, then you're like, oh cool, I feel good. And when you feel good, you wanna do good. When you feel crap, you just wanna eat shit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's exactly right. 
Fantastic. So do you have any, I guess, final words of wisdom you'd like to share with us today? It's if, if anyone's listening and it's like, oh, it's okay for her or not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hear you. That was me. This is how I kind of find the mindset thing. I found a podcast. I found some interviews with people and I was like, oh, it's okay for them. You know, that's them. They're there. They're on the other side. They've done it. And, you know, if, if that's, if wherever you are right now, if you're wanting to make a change and you're wanting to maybe go into this industry, cause you have the inkling, I know I did do it from day dot. Don't think oh, I'm a hypocrite or whatever, because that's my biggest regret. I waited till I was 50 kilos down because people like it it does sound easy to hear it from here because I'm on the other side but it's like on the way through the way out is through so documenting you don't have to share it if you feel embarrassed or whatever but like whatever it is if you journal if you um, voice record if you create a Facebook page but don't publish it just put all the stuff in there and don't make it live but like really keep this because this is evidence for you as you have the wobbles or stuff because it happens um, you can look back on that and be like, wow, look how far I've come. Because instead of looking at a scale or looking at the dollars in your bank or looking at the end result and letting that, you know, keep your motivation up, look at how far you've come as you go, because you've got this. Yeah, instead of comparing, yeah, like you said, to other people as well, um, yeah. of where they, where you think you should be, look backwards and go, well, this is how far I've come. And I'm grateful for that. Exactly. Yes. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time, Suzanne. Thank you. It's been awesome. I truly love Suzanne's practical, straight to the point, no faffing about approach to life and also to the work and what she contributes to the world. If you'd like to get in touch with Suzanne and find out a little bit more about her, head over to sagacityrising.com forward slash A-G-E-L 013. And if you'd like to continue the conversation, come and join us over at tribe.grooveenlightenedlife.com. Thank you once again for taking time out of your life to listen to the episode today. Stay groovy, my friends. My out.